I know you guys may act all tough and create this persona that you don't need to take care of your skin, but anyone who has been in the wilderness for an extended amount of time knows that's not true. You have to take care of your body. That's why you should check out Tricomb. Tricomb is a skincare company that sells what is quite frankly the best lip balm on the planet. Made with all natural ingredients, it's built to protect your lips in the harshest conditions. On top of that, they've got body oil and beard oil options as well. And guys, be sure to check out their shaded lip balms for the lady in your life. Check out their website at trichomeco.com to buy and use code LETHAL10 at checkout for 10% off your order. Again, that's T-R-I-C-O-M-B-E-C-O.com. What a, I know when we had talked on the phone uh, earlier, it sounded like you were a uh, a big Nilgai hunter. What turned you on to uh, hunting Nilgai? Oh, those things are just, uh, they're beast to hunt. I mean, they're, huge. And, they're yeah, so big. Yeah, they're you know, five good mature bulls, you know, 500 pounds. And uh, they, uh, the, the height on them, I mean, up on the shoulders, I mean, with a gun, I mean, it's, it's common with a gun. They recommend shooting them with a 375 H&H Magnum to drop <laughs> in the tracks. Gracious. And, uh, that's all that little pea shooter. <laughs> and, uh, they, uh, I mean, I, they've had multiple accounts where people shoot them with the 30 alt sixes, 300 wind mags, and they just get up and they're gone and they can't find them. And, yeah, uh, and it's, yeah. and it's, they get down in those oak mots and they're real thick. And, uh, but it's a, it's a very wary animal, uh, native yeah. of India. So, uh, I think the native, uh, used to tigers, tigers. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but, uh, and they call it Neil got boogie. Cause when you usually see them, if you, they see you before you see them, they're gone and yeah. they're running and they don't slow down. They don't stop. They're not going to stop and turn around and look and, or stop at a grunt or anything else. They're gone. And, uh, but, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a very good, it's a challenging hunt. And, and, and I just killed one in May and, uh, got lucky. I was the lucky one on this hunt. I got one and, uh, it was, uh, yeah. And it just goes picture perfect with what we're saying with the foundation, everything, everybody's saying, oh, there's no bone breaking arrows. Well, wrong. I just split the humerus, uh, with this Neil guy who was almost a full frontal shot. Uh, just under 40 yards. Uh, he, he, I hit him with my range finder at 40, stepped on in a few more. So he's at 35 probably. Yeah. Uh, hit him in the, uh, humerus, uh, split that, uh, and the arrow stopped back in his pelvic joint. So in his pelvic bone, so yeah. probably four and a half, five feet of penetration. <sighs> and, uh, so, uh, and he went 40, 50 yards, stiffened up and fell over dead as a doornail in less than you know 20 seconds. Yeah. So very nice. Yeah, that's like actually you. funny because that's actually very, uh, I guess, familiar to, I guess, smaller animal, but to what I just had like what three weeks ago on that yeah. uh, Russian yeah, boar. Three weeks, yeah. That was through the uh, the vertical section of spine in the neck. Yeah, across body through hip, and the only thing they hung it up was the fletching. I'll be, and it's like, and that was a. Well, first shot was 40. That one, the frontal was 25. But it's the same thing where you guys, you know, guys will tell you that it can't be done. Yeah. It's like, well, I mean, like just on that pig hunt alone, we broke bone, like major bone on every animal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like it's if you're set up for it, then it's, you know, a likelihood, not a, a rarity. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, uh, 
And yeah, I just got a really cool email just the other day from uh, Texas Parks and Wildlife guy I've been helping out. He um, he basically mm-hmm. told me uh, his setup was about you know sub 450, 430 grain, sub 10% FOC. Uh, yep. He went to uh, Colorado, shot an elk, lost it, and I ended up getting him set up. Uh, 665 grains, total weight, 25, 24, 25% FOC. And I told him, I said, I want you to do me a favor. When you get it done, don't touch your sights. Just go shoot it and see where it goes. And I was like, and I promise you, you're going to be shocked. And he sent me the pictures, 20, 30 yards in the bullseye. He hadn't touched his sight at all. And that's going from you know, 435 grains to 665 grains. So he, uh, he, he was somewhat blown away shocked and uh so uh i I think he's uh i think he's excited to get out and do some hunting with this now yeah absolutely that's kind of we actually touched on that in the last uh last episode we recorded with uh how pin gap doesn't open up how a lot of people would anticipate that it does with heavier arrows so correct yeah it's uh there's some there's some science behind it folks i promise um so tonight we are hanging out with rob nielsen who is the president of the ashby bowhunting foundation it was a thrust upon him so that's why i say president in a very proper way uh uh, (laughs) uh rob tell us uh just tell us a little bit uh about you and how you uh how you got uh uh uh, became a part of and, and the president of the Ashby, Ashby Bow Hunting Foundation. Uh, well, I got involved uh, with uh, the arrows uh, years ago. I mean, I've been bow hunting, gosh, for over forty years. Uh, yeah. Uh, a buddy of mine, and I, he's still a friend of mine. We hunt together to this day, and I always thank him for getting me into archery. I remember his name is uh, he lives back in Mississippi. His name's Chris Riley, but he uh, he was the first guy in our high school or junior high school at the time to buy a bow. And, uh, he got everybody off on this archery kick. And, uh, and, uh, I remember when I bought my first bow, my brothers were like, Oh, this is going to be, you're, you're wasting your time. And now I tell them, it's like, Hey, this best wasted time I've ever had in my life. And, <laughs> That's right. Uh, waste more actually, time, please. Here I am over 40 years later, still doing it. And, uh, but, uh, but I've been fortunate. I've bow hunted a lot of areas. Uh, and, uh, the uh, how I got involved with this is basically like a lot of people. I had a series uh, I fell for the marketing hype, uh, basically light and fast, all this stuff. And I ended up having a series of broadhead failures and or arrow failures. And uh, I was like, there's got to be a better way because what I was using worked fine. And so I started doing some research. I found Doc Ashby, found Grizzly Stick, uh, started uh, talking to those guys and started using them. And ever since going back to what originally worked and improved with the technology with Dr. Ashby studies and everything. Yep. Uh, I've had good luck. And, uh, and then, you know, talking to the uh, grizzly stick guys and uh, Todd Smith, Jake Thompson, Garrett Schleif, meeting doc Ashby, uh, you know, just sitting around brainstorming uh, several years ago, probably two, three years ago. Now we decided it's like, okay, we need to do something to help, educate bow hunters we well we need to do something for bow hunters what is it and i was like let's let's we didn't know we were going to be educating bow hunters but uh right it was uh and we came up with so probably need to create a foundation for doc's work and uh and bring that forward 
And uh, so in 2017, we ended up in uh, forming the foundation, the Ashby Bowhunting Foundation. And as things progressed, uh, 20, it was late 2017 when we formed it. So really nothing happened during hunting season. Everybody was off hunting. 2018, we've kind of started beating around the ideas. And uh, so uh, I started off with Texas Parks and Wildlife and uh, got in to talk to Texas Parks and Wildlife. It's like, look, we're not talking to you about uh, law enforcement. We're not trying to tell people what to use, what not to use. We're just trying to say, hey, this is what works. This isn't what works. So we right. got we got in touch with the uh, Hunter Ed group uh, and we got a, the guy gave us an hour meeting. So we went in there and it's like, look, I'm not trying to say anything. We want to do this presentation. And we had basically a condensed uh, presentation on the 12th penetration factors. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we ran through that presentation with them probably talking high level uh, kind of just, they were kind of giving us a deer and headlights look on some of the stuff. And then, <laughs> we get that a lot. Yeah. Then at the, uh, at the very end, I was like, okay, now I was like, what I've done. I was like, I've told you about all this stuff. Now I want you to do me a favor. And I had all these out of the box broadheads, uh, from A to Z, you name it, uh, mechanical broadheads, uh, the, the punch through head broadheads, and then coming into the cut on contact heads. And I had them all lined out. I was like, these are all out of the box. And I was like, and here's this axis hide. It might even been this axis hide that I had in the meeting with me. Uh, but we held it taut. And the gentleman that I'd mentioned that had lost an elk, I handed him some arrows. And some of them, I just asked him, I was like, oh, just take it and push it right through the hide. It should go through easily, right? They're all razor sharp broadheads. That's what the hunter ed groups teach is use razor sharp broadheads. And granted, every one of them were razor sharp broadheads. Uh, but some of them, he could not even get through the hide. Mm-hmm. And uh, then when we went to the cut on contacts, he took it and it just went through it like hot butter. And he was just like, shit, you got to be kidding me. And I was like, no, I'm not. You just did it. So. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, so we went from there, uh, ended up having another, uh, they asked us to come to a hunter ed expo and put on a workshop, uh, back in April. Um, so we did that. It was like a three and a half hour seminar slash workshop. Same, Mm -hmm. same thing. It was just for the hunter ed instructors. And, uh, and, uh, in, so we did, we did all that, got, got those going They They've got us lined up for some more seminars here in Texas for their hunter ed instructors. And, uh, earlier this year, uh, we did get our full 501 C three certification from the IRS. Yep. Nonprofit. Uh, so right. we're nonprofit. Uh, we do not take any money from the archery industry. Uh, we will not, that's in our bylaws, uh, just basically to keep everything that we do as unbiased as possible. Yep. And, uh, and basically we're going to say, this works, this doesn't work. And nobody can say, Oh, well, you're getting your money from X, Y, Z company. So you're going to say their product works. No, that's right. We're, we're not doing that at all. So it's going to be a completely unbiased, uh, uh, opinion. And it is to this date. I mean, it's someone either, they're either going to make something that works or it doesn't work. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, so, uh, and we discussed it and everything and, and it just ended up by, you know, I, I was, chosen like hey you, you're going to be the president and run this i was like okay here <laughs> yeah, we go. T- 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 <laughs> tell a little bit about why you're the president because it's it's a funny story to me yeah i uh it, it was funny because i i actually before you know we were 
named all the officers and everything. I was like, okay, look, I called Doc. And I said, Doc, you want to be president? He's like, no, no, no. I've already done my work. I've, I've done all the research and everything. I've already done my battling on the front lines. Uh, you're, you're it. And uh, <laughs> then I called, uh, I called Todd. I was like, Todd, I was like, I was like, you want to be president? He's like, no, no, no. You, you're doing fine. You're, you're running with everything now, doing everything with Texas Parks and Wildlife, taking it forward. Let, let's go. I called Jake. I was like, Jake, you want to be president? Uh, no. <laughs> just a no from jake just, yeah, just a, yeah. Nope. he's like no i'm fine you you go with it and i'm happy i was like okay fine i was like i just wanted to run those traps with everybody before you know <laughs> we change this over and i'm the president of the foundation so yeah. but uh but i i don't know anything about running a non-profit foundation this is my first go round with a non-profit so uh but uh i'm i'm learning fast i'm learning yeah. as we go so well, yeah. remind me man i've got a i've got a, a buddy on facebook uh i can't remember his name right now uh but he's like he specializes in nonprofits. so remind me to uh hook you up with them because i know and he's a he's a heavy arrow guy too so i think okay. uh I think you guys would probably gel well he's a okay. trad guy he's been shooting trad bows for a long time okay great uh, um but yeah, I think, I mean, we've talked uh, fairly extensively multiple times about the uh, the current state of the archery industry and the hunting industry and how everyone is bought and sold at this point. And it's very, very rarely that you'll run into somebody that is truly unbiased uh, yeah. uh, just because I've, I've seen what some of the uh, paychecks look like when... Uh, uh, so-and-so broadhead company says, uh, endorse uh, uh yeah, yeah, yeah. Endorse our broadheads and yeah. shoot, shoot the game. We want you to with it and then tell everyone that our head is the best. And, uh, so you can't, you can't really trust anything that's on TV because all that's driven by sponsors. Correct. Uh, so, um, yeah. well, I mean, it trickles down even to the pro shop level. Oh yeah. Because yes. a lot of your, I guess throwaway heads that don't have the durability that we look for that aren't made to be efficient. You know, they're, they're, they're flashy. It's all marketing. Yeah. It's all marketing. Yeah. Most of those heads have the greatest margins. Yeah. And so from a, a small yeah. business standpoint, if you've got this building full of stuff, what are you going to push? Yeah. You know, Stuff in, that unless, makes money. exactly. Yeah. And like, yeah. I mean, that's what I dealt with for years when I was still with uh, that local shop I was helping run. And that's exactly why, like my current situation, I'm dealing with a very small number of products that every one of them I'm comfortable recommending. Yeah. yeah. There is no, you know, I'm going to give you this because I get more money for it. No, it, it's all low margin. It's all good stuff. Yeah. And, you know, then there's there's less question. You know, there's yeah. less of yeah, that, no. uh, I guess, temptation to just take the easy. Oh, yeah. yeah take my easy guy, money. My guys in my local pro shop here, they told me, I said, Rob, you could never work in this pro shop. For that reason, yeah, yeah, no, I. It, it's uh, a challenge. I was just gonna say that. Uh, uh, I when I was uh, helping out Cabela's back in the gun library, 
uh, every once in a while, you know, somebody from archery, archery would call out and they'd say, Matt, can you get back there and cover for archery? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And I go back there and, uh, you know, they'd, they'd come check on me later or whatever. And they'd be like, you know, did you sell anything? I'm like, Oh yeah, I sold tons of stuff from other people that you can't buy in here and other <laughs> broadheads that you can't buy here and better arrows that you can't buy here. And, and they were like, that's not what you should be doing. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to sell the crap that we have. So sorry. Uh, but they, they weren't too, too pleased about that, but I just, and on good conscience, like or got well, good yeah. conscience. I couldn't be like, yeah, take these rage broadheads and, and shoot them at whatever you're going to shoot them at. No, like yeah. go, go buy something better for a little bit more money. And even yeah. then, and real, I mean, you would talk about margins and, and like depleting returns makes a lot more sense to sell a guy two packs of mechanicals every year than it does to sell him six quality broadheads that quote unquote cost a little bit more. And you know, you're not going to see that guy for another three or four years because he's not going to wreck those broadheads every, <laughs> every, every year, like you will with the cheap, uh, cheap, either replaceable blades or mechanicals or whatever. So yeah, yeah. no doubt, yeah. no doubt about it. Yeah. We, and it foundation, uh, I mean, we don't even recommend using mechanicals at all. Call uh, me shocked, right? Yeah, yeah. What a what a surprise! The mechanical <laughs> guys won't like it, but that's that's okay. I mean, and, and mechanicals work great when you shoot them in the guts, yeah, uh, and yep. soft tissue. But uh, I mean, when you start running into that deer turns and you get that big heavy shoulder, that scapula, we all know what happens. That arrow comes to a dead stop. Yep, and yep. you got a wounded animal. So, and that's not what we're about. So, yep. uh, it's it's just unethical equipment, in our opinion. Yeah, no, I I couldn't agree more. I don't think uh, either of us couldn't agree more oh, yeah, exactly. with that. It's, and we get we get asked a lot, like, man, if you have to, if you have to recommend a mechanical, like, what would you recommend? We're still just like, uh, we don't want to because then when we like the mechanical, we'd recommend like you might as well be shooting like just a really big fixed blade. Like if you oh, yeah, really exactly. if you really if you really want something that's going to have a big cutting diameter, then go get you know a grizzly stick xxl or silver flame xxl or uh you know a simmons tree shark that's like you know two and a quarter inches like if, you, if you're gonna shoot something that's an inch and a half to two two inches like just get a big fixed head and shoot yeah. that instead yeah <laughs> it doesn't doesn't make any sense to no to doubt. throw the possibility of failure in there when you're already bow hunting and the possibility of failure is already through the roof yeah, yeah. And, the, and the mechanical advantage on those broadheads is a lot better than those mechanical yeah. Anyway. Oh, yeah exactly yeah. i mean so, it's yeah. a win-win yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what other, um, what other or organizations does the Ashby Foundation like coordinator work with? Uh, we're working with uh, Texas Parks and Wildlife. Uh, yeah. We've reached out to several other organizations, uh, but uh, current ones we're working with right now, we are with Safari Club International. Yeah. Uh, we are involved with Dallas Safari Club. Uh, we actually put on the arrow lethality seminars at both those conventions. And you should and go to that if you're listening. If you can go to yes. the DSC or or SC, you can do it at SCI yeah. too, right? Yes. Uh, uh, go to the arrow lethality seminar. I don't think going to the seminar costs any money outside of your expo pass. No, no. And like you, uh, the amount of information that you pick up on in on those from Todd or Jake or whoever's giving them. I think Todd gives them most of the time Todd, now. Todd uh, uh, but yeah. uh, man, he's a 
wealth of knowledge and you can see some of the similar stuff on like youtube that dr ashby has done that like the pope and young foundation i think he did one that was it was a little bit different but uh if you want to get a sense of what you're kind of in for then you can check those out but phenomenal phenomenal stuff there sorry i cut you off go ahead no 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 todd is a uh, walking encyclopedia of archery as is doc yes he is <laughs> yeah. so and uh and i've learned so much from todd doc uh, that whole crew i've learned so much from them so yeah it's made yeah. me a better bow hunter that's for yeah. sure yeah but, and correct me if i'm wrong doesn't uh safari club international have an award named after dr ashby yes we yeah. we started it we started oh. it well, and it's, actually, it's actually it's sponsored by the Ashby Bowhunting Foundation. Uh, the current venue is Safari Club International Houston Chapter is where we award that uh, that uh, award. So it's gotcha. It's uh, it's based on uh, Doc came up with the parameters uh, and it's like 25 percent weight equally. Um, and uh, so it's uh, we've given out two of them. And uh, we're not giving one out this year at this banquet coming up. I think that banquet's in about two or three weeks. We did not have any uh, any uh, candidates that fit Doc's criteria to sure. give it away this year. Yeah. So, uh, but that doesn't mean uh, we won't have them coming up in the future. We and we yeah. should. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and I think the re- only reason we didn't have uh, uh, the number of candidates was it was on the web page, but it didn't get promoted. Uh, appropriately, uh, uh, sure. And uh, now that we're the Ashby Bowhunting Foundation, we're getting our web page up and running. We're actually going to have it on that web page, and we're going to yep. be able to promote it more ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Sure. And uh, so, so if if you can, uh, so our our goal um, is to eventually be able to go down and talk with talk with Doc uh, um, and. I I, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even know what to do with myself. I got to do that to be honest with you. But for those who don't know a ton about Dr. Ash, because obviously his name's in the foundation, so he must be important. uh, Give, give like a really, uh, a quick rundown on, on what, on who he is and what he did and why it impacted bow hunting so much. Yeah. Basically in a very condensed nutshell, bow hunting in Africa, wherever it was mentioned prior to Doc, was illegal. Anywhere it was mentioned in the laws was illegal. Now you could go bow hunt in Africa in countries where it wasn't mentioned and skirt around it, right. but South Africa, it was illegal. Uh, the sub-Saharan countries surrounding that are joined South Africa, it was illegal. Uh, he, based on, uh, the South African government sanctioned, uh, this study and Dr. Ashby was on this team, uh, that became known as the Natal study. And that mm-hmm. was, the document that basically South Africa used to legalize bow hunting and, hmm. and, uh, and then all the sub-Saharan countries followed suit, uh, with that. So, I mean, essentially doc legalized bow hunting across the Southern continent of yeah. Africa. So, and, uh, so seems kind it, of important, <laughs> just a little bit important to anybody <laughs> yeah. that's bow hunted there, you know, owes yeah. him a thank you. And anybody that's bow hunted anywhere in the world really owes him a huge, thank you and a debt of gratitude to, to him, no doubt. And uh, yeah. so very, very important uh, guy. Yeah. So, no doubt. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. I know he, he was in Africa and then 
the country he was in, uh, basically like a civil war broke out from what I understand. There are some rebels yeah. and, uh, and he had to, he had to bail out of Africa basically overnight yeah. and he yeah. got, went back to the States, re recollected himself and then headed to Australia and was there for mm-hmm. a couple of years, right? At least. Correct. Correct. Yeah, and he can, the studies he started in Africa, he continued those in Australia on the Australian Buffalo. Right. And uh, which are talking to Doc. I've never hunted the Australian, uh, I think it's Asiatic buffalo, actually. Yeah, Asiatic, and, yeah. Uh, and, uh, but he tells me they're bigger, thicker, uh, meaner. Uh, the hide is more fibrous than the Cape buffalo, than hmm. its counterpart in Africa. So, uh, interesting. And uh, so, yeah. And uh, so he continued his research there. And, uh, and here we've, we've got all this data, uh, all his uh, research. And then we've got all the data from, 15 years of using penetration enhanced arrow systems following his uh, guidelines, and, right. uh, which is phenomenal. It's off the, yeah. off the charts. And, and people I talk to about what we were hunting and what we we're killing with one arrow kills, they're just like, you're kidding. And I'm like, no, it's, it's pretty common. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the 12 penetration factors is a, uh, a, a bedrock of, you know, a cornerstone of, of what we preach. Um, and, and it sounds like it's uh, a cornerstone of the Ashby foundation as well is just, you know, do your, do your best to follow these 12 points yeah. and everything else will kind of fall in line. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the seminars that we do, uh, that we're doing for Texas parks and wildlife, I mean, they're all, it's all the 12 penetration factors. Uh, we go into detail on each one of the steps. I mean, and, uh, and we kind of lose some of the people in the, in the seminar, especially the, when we did the workshop, the three and a half hour workshop, mm-hmm. uh, we got about halfway through it and, uh, we took a break and one of the instructors came up to me and he's like, you're calling my stuff crap. And I looked at him, <laughs> oh, I'm not calling your stuff crap. I'm just telling you there's more efficient equipment out there. And at the end of the deal, we had the same lineup. I happened to have his broadhead out of the box. And I called him up. I was like, you take this arrow and that you hunt with and this broadhead that you hunt with. And I want you to push it through this elk hide. Well, he was getting the arrow flex and everything, and he could not get that broadhead through the hide. And then mm. we walked him through the, through the scenario again from non-penetrating mechanicals to, you know, that bind up on the hides. And then I handed him a cut on contact so he could see how easily it just glided right through. And, uh, it, basically woke a lot of those guys up too. And I think they're now converting over taking their mechanicals and sending them to the graveyard. Yeah. And and I think that's a great way of approaching it is, I mean, a lot of guys need to see it, especially if they haven't experienced uh, firsthand failure, because, you know, when it happens to someone else, there's always those question marks of, well, what, you know, he probably could have made a better shot. Or, you know, he, he messed up somehow like that. If he did his part, that wouldn't happen. Yeah. Until it happens to you and you're going, man, I, I did everything. Yeah. And that's one thing that I know with a lot of the conversations I have is when we're looking at the 12 factors, making sure that people understand that it's all a system. You know, it's not saying that you, you know, if you're hunting whitetail, that you have to be at 650 or above, or you have to do this or have to do that. It's every piece of it 
is part of a complete system. And as you improve individual factors, you're improving your entire setup. Oh, yes, so absolutely. it's, you know, a lot of guys will take the baby step approach and Hey, you know, maybe we won't change a ton on this, you know, your weight or whatever the case, but we'll put a little more efficient broadhead on the front and they go, Oh, wow. Okay. That, that worked better. Like, what about the rest of this stuff now? Let, let's let's start playing. Yeah. And it's like once that that stream starts trickling, yeah. then oh, and it just starts picking up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, expanding on that, I mean, we had, uh, we talked about Neil Guy a little bit ago. Uh, one of our first Neil Guy hunts, we, we've been doing this for, over 10 years now going and get me all excited the more you say no guy uh, <laughs> you'll have to come on down and, and man do don't don't yeah. tempt me with a good time rob I'll, I'll i'll be down there next week so uh but um had a uh a, a short draw uh low pounded shooter uh mm-hmm. 25 inch draw uh 38 pound bow weight Whew. okay uh, so this is this is like a uh, I mean, not to say that uh, you're a, you couldn't be a man and also shoot this, but this would be comparable to like a young lady well, shooting this to twenty five forty. Yeah, this is a lady shooting it. Okay, uh, well there you go. Was, this, she, was, she was bow hunting uh, with us, and uh, she ended up, but using the right arrow system, uh, yep. a monster bull Neil guy comes in on her, uh, goes through a. a crossing and uh, the neil guy they they funnel through these crossings the they're dividing the pastures mm-hmm. and uh, they'll they'll just scoot under the fences at the same spot and uh this was an evening hunt hunting along the fences and this neil guy came to the crossing and she shot it full pass through the neil guy goes 60 yards and piles up dead and it was a quartering to her shot and she just, I mean, drilled it perfectly. I mean, right in the shoulder, right in the V. I mean, right in the V, and it cut diagonally all the way through this animal and out. And, you know, when I saw the animal, I mean, I got a text from her. She's like, I shot it. Come help me, you know, blah, blah. So I went down. She couldn't reach the guide on the radio, so I took off. Uh, she was about half a mile from me, so I went down and basically just walked right up over the sand dune, and then, oh, there it is right there, you know, 60 yards from where she shot it and uh, right the um and then contrary uh the another gentleman hunting with us was shooting the exact same bow manufactured bow uh but his bow was at 70 pounds and he was shooting a light and fast arrow with a punch through broadhead on it and when he Mm -hmm. came down i told him he's like i've killed everything with this i'm gonna kill this with it I said, look, you're, you're shooting too light of an arrow for these animals. And uh, overall, your, your your whole setup's not right. I was like, but it's what you got. It's what you brought. Well, he told me, he said, I, I released an arrow, Rob. And he said, I almost, he said, I've never seen this happen in my life. He said, but I thought I was going to have to jump out of the tree stand. He said, the, the Neil guy was at 16 yards. He shot it, hit it in the shoulder. And he said, the arrow was coming right back at him ricocheted <laughs> and then landed at the base of his uh ladder stand and uh neil guy runs off well he Holy Lord. and he was he was cursing about oh you know i've got to change broadheads i've got to do this and, and i looked at the arrow and i was like well your arrow basically blunderbust around the broadhead mm-hmm. and i was like yep. it's trying to punch through that thick hide 
and you could not get through it. And I was like, as soon as this thing cracked, your penetration You're stopped. done. Yeah. And exactly. uh, so uh, lost bull, Neil got wounded, lost. And mm-hmm. uh, but that gentleman learned the next year he came, he had um, he had cut on contacts, but then he was having trouble getting them to fly well. And I was like, well, your bow's out of tune. You know, it's like there's there's no reason you should not get these to fly the same. And and uh, then he went back. Uh, unfortunately, he went back to a mechanical and he shot a really good bull Neil guy uh, on one afternoon at a water hole. It was getting hot. Uh, it was uh, I think it was June hunt and uh, June in Texas. It's hot. Wow. Getting there, getting there, <laughs> warming up a little bit. But uh, we recovered the animal. Uh, he went back and he shot the Neil guy, didn't find it that day, uh, ran off with air in it. And uh, he comes back to hunt that blind three days later on the last day. And there's the bull in the water trying to cool off. It's starting to turn septic. And uh, so he mm-hmm. runs up and shoots it. Well, when we looked at the entrance of the first shot, the arrow was broken off inside it. But the mechanical, mm. the hide was so thick, the mechanical never could open. So mm. it just punched through like a, a dart and, you know, not much penetration at all as, as yeah. expected. But, uh, but anyhow, now I think he, he has gone back to cut on contacts again. So, but uh, hopefully after two episodes of uh, doing that, you got to find something else that works. Yeah, you would think. Well, but I mean, the unfortunate thing is that so many guys and gals use mechanicals as a band-aid when they can't get their stuff to fly right. Correct. It's it's oh well, I can't I can't get this to fly right. I have to hunt in three days. I'm just gonna go pick up some mechanicals and I know they'll go where my field points are. And yeah. That's well, and the, that's, the flip side of that is the guys that, you know, do stick with some kind of a fixed blade, but they think that it's perfectly normal to just sight into it right now now you you've got a better you know hopefully a little more stout head but your your arrow flight is terrible yeah yeah and so now you're going to struggle to have penetration anyway yeah Yeah. and that so many people shops included just think that oh yeah it's a fixed blade like you just have to sight into it yeah, no, no, no. I mean, tune it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, structural integrity and perfect flight. Come on, guys. Exactly. Yeah, it's exactly. one number one and two. Well, yeah. and really, and kind of like what Rob was talking about earlier with everything being a system. Uh, when I when I start to talk to people about the twelve penetrating factors, I normally circle. I I almost let number one of structural integrity do like the majority of the work. I'm like, number one, structural integrity. You have to have a good insert uh, slash insert system mm-hmm. and, a, and a good quality broadhead. And yeah. I just like, lay right out there like I'm not convinced that like there's more than five broadheads on the planet that are 100 grains that actually have decent structural integrity. Yeah. And I was like, you know, you just have to bump up to 125 or 150 grains minimum on yeah. your broadhead. So just expect that. Yeah. For an insert, you're gonna like you're gonna go up a minimum of fifty to a hundred grains more for a quality insert and footer compared to your standard insert. Yeah. So, and then when you add that extra seventy-five to hundred to one hundred and twenty-five grains, your front of center is bumped up. 
your mass is bumped up. Mm-hmm. You're typically running with an insert system that, that creates a good uh, profile for your uh, um, for your shaft to broadhead ratio. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, it, it just things start to trickle down just it from all cascades stru- into each other, right? Just from structural integrity, yeah. and because I've you know all of us, I'm sure, have experienced the. Uh, deer in the headlights like glazing over look when you're like let's talk about the 12 penetrating factors when really like if you're just like structural integrity is number one let's build you a badass bomb proof setup a lot of these things just fall into place and they and and it's it's easier that way for me anyway yeah uh so i uh i'm a proponent of trying to break it down barney style for people and i've i've found that uh that has been one of the easier ways. So speaking of like a lack of structural integrity, uh, you mentioned that the Ashby Foundation doesn't recommend uh, mechanical heads. Correct. What What are some things about mechanicals that that just m- put them in a place of where you can't recommend them? Uh, we've seen, I mean, not only do they not, uh, we've seen them fail to, pin, I mean, sometimes they will kill, obviously, a lot of people. Oh, yeah, yeah. Being, and uh but when they shoot them in the guts yeah shoot them in the guts i mean (laughs) we've seen them and i've got a testimonial uh that's going to be on our webpage a 70 pound shooter shooting turkey uh with a 70 pound compound bow shooting turkey with mechanicals and failing to get pass throughs on these turkey uh having to chase the turkey 100 yards to find it then after going to a cut on contact 500 grain and not super heavy but he's hunting turkey yeah, but right through it, turkey takes two, three steps, falls over dead. I mean, he loves it. Uh, and then you take a look at the overall design of the mechanicals. I mean, just the poor mechanical advantage. I mean, and 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 we know what we're talking about when I'm, we're saying mechanical advantage. I've actually had somebody ask me, "Well, mechanical advantage? Does that mean a mechanical broadhead is better?" I was like, "No, it does not. <laughs> it's the, the opposite, know, actually. It's, it's the opposite." <laughs> so it's like you got this steep, steep ramp to try to get over and and when you look at all the mechanicals they actually i mean you've got your ferrule sitting here you've got to penetrate inch two inches and then you've got a broadhead with this slope that you've got to punch through that basically has to go get through the hide and that is just robbing you of all forward momentum Uh, number one the punch through and then when you get to that blade that's at that steep of an angle it's just it's just they're inefficient. They're super yeah, inefficient. Exactly. Well, that's that, one thing with like the, the blade angle is like an easy way of relating that, that I've found is like, if you're trying to cut like hide or even just like a piece of meat, you don't try and cut with the entire knife, like, when you're going through a fibrous <laughs> material, right? You're not going to take your knife and just set it flat and try and push that entire thing through. Yeah. You're going to start on an edge, get that cutting. And once it's cutting, now it, it glides. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's, I mean, now you think of your broadhead. Okay. We start cutting and then the rest of it flows. Yeah. Right. Like it's with the one exception in the knife being a, like a butcher's knife. And the comparison to that would be a shit ton of mass that you need <laughs> to do it. Yeah, exactly. Where, and that's and that's typically when when guys at least you know they talk got to Rob and I. Yeah, exactly. When, when guys talk to Rob and I, and they're like, oh, "I have to shoot my mechanicals," we're like, "Okay, like if that's what you want to do, then shoot a really heavy arrow, and yeah. then pray that your broadhead doesn't break when 
all the extra force from the heavy arrow pushes on it yeah uh, because that will probably happen yeah yeah we've got actual video coverage uh a guy shot a uh shot it was a dead pig but then he set a camera up shot the pig with a uh, light and fast off of an 83 pound monster matthews and you would you would expect that air just to blow right through this dead hog i mean it's not moving or anything Mm-hmm. Well, when it, when you look at it in slow motion, you can actually see the blades flying off. <laughs> it doesn't even penetrate. I mean, oh, so God. So, and yes, yeah, so we will we will get that video somehow, some way, posted somewhere. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, that's that's just the the my other gripe with mechanicals is there are very 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 few that actually use decent steel. Yeah. And and that's you know that's prior that's priority number one for me. Well, if it's yeah. if it's not a known good steel for me, like it's 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 out. I'm not even considering it. Yeah. I mean, even if you have a quality steel for the blade and a and quality steel for the ferrule, those blades are pivoting on some type of a pin or a joint. Yep. And so it doesn't matter how good the ferrule is. It doesn't matter how good the individual blade is. The weakest point is what counts. Yep. And so now if you've got this little piece of, you know, wire, essentially, I mean, it's a thick gauge wire, but still it's yeah. a little pin. Like if you've got this little piece and that's all that's holding your blade in place, what, you know, what kind of durability are you truly expecting out of that? If you have a hard impact. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and everything I hunt, I mean, that animal, I respect that animal too much to run out there with some cheap, garbage yeah absolutely uh, run the risk of wounding him i mean plain and simple yeah Yeah. you want it to expire as fast as possible and you're going to take any advantage that you can to make that happen yes absolutely absolutely and yeah mechanicals just don't get you there consistently yeah well and and, i mean if you you know kind of like what we had talked about earlier is if you're if you really want to uh (laughs) outside of certain uh outfitters that may or may not own broadhead companies uh mechanical broadhead companies uh, if you talk to people that make their living from Mm -hmm. killing things very rarely very very rarely are they saying yeah bring mechanicals for uh to to come hunt uh come hunt with me it's bring a good quality fixed blade yeah and and that is the that's the minimum yeah they uh we've got a lot of the uh, professional hunters a lot of the known archery guys throughout the world that have uh are basically recommending using ashby based stuff because they've seen what it does it makes their jobs easier yeah yeah it does well that's i mean uh, a a client that's better set up makes for an easier guiding job and yeah. a higher recovery rate, which means a happier customer and that feeds itself. More yeah. recommendations like, to friends. It doesn't yeah. matter if the guy had a, a terrible setup. If the hunt is not successful, even if it's the equipment's fault, and you know, that guy's not going to be talking about that hunt. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so that's not beneficial to the outfit. No, no. And so it's, you know, another one of those just self-feeding circles is the better equipped the customer is, the better everything goes. 
Yeah, and and then an, another thing that we're so adamant about it it's it's the wound loss rates. I mean, the wound loss rates are getting out of control, mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, and we better do something about it. We being bow hunters before someone else does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so that's the whole thing. If we can educate these guys, hey, use this equipment versus this, and you will have better success. Um, prime example, uh, I was sitting in, the, I just happened to be in the bow shop. Uh, a ladies in the bow shop, they're getting set up, uh, and uh, they're in there shooting, and I'm sitting there watching this young couple, and I can, the husband shooting light and fast. And I usually don't interject anything, but this lady was struggling with something. And I was like, Hey, I was like, do you mind if I give you a recommendation? And, and I started talking to her and then found out, Oh, well, I, I shot one animal here in Texas and I had to shoot it six times before Jeez. I killed it. And I looked at her and I was like, Six times. I was like, What poundage bow are you shooting? She's like, I'm only shooting 40 pounds. I was like, that doesn't matter. I was like, I know it. I was like, so I was like, let me guess. I was like, you were shooting an expandable uh, broadhead on this arrow shaft that you're shooting here in the target. She's like, yes. I was like, well, I was like, you shouldn't be shooting an expandable broadhead at all. Yeah. And, uh, and then she's like, well, my husband set me up with it. And I introduced myself to him and started talking to him and he's, well, I use these and I'm like, well, yes, you're shooting 70 pounds and, and this young man was an expert. He had shot uh, 12 whitetails or something. And uh, so, <laughs> uh, so he, he was an authority on uh, arrow penetration. And uh, so, but the wife, fortunately for her, she started listening and I took her out of the range. I went back into the pro shop. I was like, these are the heads you need to use, period. I was like, change to these heads and you will out penetrate your husband. And I was like, and I told her husband, I was like, and he was all gung ho about his mechanics. I was like, that's fine. I was like, you're going to be gung ho. I was like, it's, it's not a matter of, you know, if you lose an animal, it's going to be when you lose an animal because you are yep. going to have a broadhead failure with those heads. And yep. uh, so, uh, but I think she changed to the heads. I think last I heard she was happy as she could be. So. Uh, so hopefully disaster averted. She was about to just say, Hey, I'm done with archery. Yep. And, mm-hmm. uh, I don't want to deal with this. I had to shoot an animal six times. I got two inches of penetration and I was like, wait, wait, wait. I was like, look, look at what we're doing with 500 pound Neil guy using the right arrow systems. Yep. And, exactly. Uh, that's, I mean, that's, it's a sad reality because a lot of people, men and women that, are experiencing failures like this don't have any resource to understand why it's happening. Yeah. And when they can't figure out why, and they can't figure out how to correct it. And you know what the guys on TV are using isn't working. And what the guy at the pro shop is telling them isn't working at some point, they just go, I'm going to, I'm going to quit wounding these animals and hang it up. And yeah. all that does is is hurt our industry as a whole. Like, yeah, yep. it it's a sad reality. But I mean, that's there's a lot of people that like I mean, Matt. I know that you deal with them. I deal with them. Where you know you see these people online or locally, and they're just a sponge because they want to they want to fix it. They want to keep going. Yep. But if yes. they don't get the information, they 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 can't fathom you know to continue the path that they're on 
Yeah, yeah, and and we've got we've got one pro shop here in Houston. All they want to do is sell a product. Uh, there's another pro shop here in town uh, that they really care and they try to sell. You know, it's like look direct to people to the right equipment, the mm-hmm. cut on contacts, the lethal equipment that that'll help reduce the wound losses as well. So, uh, yeah. but yeah, they're unfortunately we they're out there. So I mean, and, yeah. and you're well, right. Man. I mean, they walk. When we were down in Texas, what did uh, our guy Dustin, didn't he say that like 80% of the guys on that ranch required dogs to even locate their animals? Yeah, a lot lot of them. I actually, I, I distinctly remember when we showed up and, you know, I think the lightest arrow out of all of us was, was Greg at 640. Yeah. And, uh, um, he, and he was like, what are you guys shooting? And we, you know, held up our arrows and it's like, oh, I'll fix blades. Okay. This will be fine. And, <laughs> and I was like, he was like relieved that we didn't have to, uh, uh, didn't, that none of us brought mechanicals in. Yeah. And, and he said, you know, if I, I tell people, if they're, if they're after a, like a, like a trophy, trophy hog, like a big hog, like, well, I mean, I mean, they got animal. other big animals there. They had sick, yeah, you know, yep. axis, odd ad. I mean, you, you got, there's, you know, a handful of different animals on that ranch that people could be going after that, you know, had some size to them or yeah. just larger bone mass. And I mean, that was the, the one gentleman that showed up the last day that we were there mm-hmm. that shot the like dog size, the German shepherd. Yeah. Dog size, <laughs> uh, little nubby buck that he thought was a doe. Yeah. And it was like, it didn't phase him at all. It, it worked. Like we tracked that thing like 400 yards between myself and the guide and, and the dog. Yep. And finally found it. We put it down on the spot. It was just like, it had just given up. And wow. the guy, you know, he was like, yeah, we got it. And it's like, you got like six Did you? Of penetration yeah. on a like 70 pound deer. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, the unofficial number I've heard recently is uh, for wound losses, uh, two thirds. Gracious so, me. Yeah. Are you serious? Yes. Yes. Oh my Lord. So, I mean, that means, uh, the archery community better take a long, hard look at itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's, I mean, all like all broadhead manufacturer, like, uh, you know, uh, favoritism or bias or whatever aside whatever camp you you land in you have to understand that if if those numbers are true which i'm sure if you're if you're getting those from someone of a point of authority i'm sure that they are that we are about to be on the brink of a massive pr problem oh. i mean and, and we, we already are as hunters like yeah. I oh, mean, yeah. you know as as a whole it's not uh it's not the 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 dangerous part isn't uh you know uh, bow hunters versus crossbow guys or rifle guys or whatever. The real danger is the antis versus the all anti. of us. The antis are and, good. They don't care. So yeah, yeah. And and I mean, uh, you know, when you uh, when you use a bow, it, it's it's always you never see pictures. Well, I mean, I guess you do. You see you see pictures of uh, animals running around with arrows stuck in them and stuff like that, and that's what gives them fuel. And yeah. we we have to we have to well, do something. And about that's it. even on recoveries. Yeah, that's I mean, you you have, you know, the extreme of 
people taking pictures of animals still walking around with with arrows in them. Yeah. Yep. But even on successful, you know, hunts that the animal was recovered, like we're not helping ourselves when you're leaving arrows in the animal for the picture that you're sticking on social media. Like, yeah, that's just fuel. And, you know, if you take the time, use some dirt, clean up, you know, rub the animal, get, you know, clean up the blood a little bit and make it presentable, make, make it a nice photo. And you take away all that ammo. Yeah. Like it takes five minutes yeah, to prep a for of, a nice photo. Yeah, a lot of people don't understand that. They really don't, unfortunately. Yeah. Huh. Man, that's a... Uh, I would not have guessed two-thirds wound loss. That's yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, shocking and, shocking and sad. And uh, yeah, I mean... And, I don't know. I've got a lot of feelings about I mean, it, I guess. That, that's an unofficial number, though, but... Uh, it's, yeah, well, I mean... And basically, I was I was given that number, and it's with with a comment that you know it could be higher, it could be lower. So, but uh, based well, on, I mean, if 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 you told me it was over fifty percent, I'm I'm thinking that's about forty five percent too much. Yeah, because I understand you're not going to be at a hundred percent recovery ratio. Yeah. Uh, that's you know nobody is. Yeah, uh, but um, it's man, we can do better. Yeah. We can do so much, we can do so much better. We got to, I mean, and when we're getting, you know, hunting Cape Buffalo and getting just pass throughs on Cape Buffalo. Yeah. And, and then you see, you know, shooting a whitetail, hitting a rib and you get two inches of penetration deer runs off. You put dogs on it. It's never found. And yep. uh, there's no excuse for that. In, in my opinion. Well, yeah. and that's so, when well, you can have guys, going and shooting some of the biggest animals in the world with traditional bows. Correct. And yet some guy shooting a 70, 80 pound compound or even crossbows can't get a pass through on whitetail or elk. Yeah. That's telling you that there's a problem and it's and it's not the machine that's throwing it it's it's what's being thrown yeah like i mean your force values are so drastically different it's like if you just had an adequate arrow system in it it would completely change yeah but yeah. It's definitely yeah, all about until arrow. that light bulb comes on it it's a uphill struggle but i mean i, I think I think we're gaining traction. I mean, in the last five years, the the landscape, at least online, has definitely changed. Okay. It's pivoting. Good. I mean, there's conversations, you know, guys asking about front of center, guys asking about, you know, uh, stronger components, how to properly tune, you know, how, how do I get my fixed blades to fly right? Yeah the conversations are being started and you know, we just have to make sure that we maintain that, uh, you know, forward momentum yeah, and don't let it slip. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then, and you brought, you hit on a topic, look how much, uh, I mean, we've been talking about tapered air shafts forward to center, what decades. Uh, and look at the, like you said, over the past few years, uh, the forward to center conversations are coming to, to light. Uh, uh, 
Easton just announced what in January their tapered uh, mm -hmm. rated full metal jacket. Uh, so uh, even they acknowledge uh, by coming out with that. And even yep. before that, one of their senior engineers had posted online that uh, the tapered shafts were best for hunting. Yeah, and uh, they had a, a like uh, um, not a research paper, but uh, like a technical paper that was out for probably at least a decade that yeah. stated that tapered shafts had significant benefits. And if you ask anyone in the industry, it, why aren't we using these? Cost. It's expensive. Yeah, yeah. it's expensive. You know, and like, yeah, that that's part of it. But at the same time, what's, you know, if if you just lost an animal, ask somebody then. Yeah. You know, what, what's, yeah. what's that extra $20, $30 at that point after hours of prep and and you know yeah all that work yeah and then they go out they buy several thousand dollars worth of clothing sitka kuyu whatever gear uh all the finest stuff the several thousand dollar compound bow sights releases mm -hmm. everything and they buy the cheapest damn broadhead they can put on the front and the lightest cheapest arrow so it makes zero sense zero. yeah well, I mean, I dealt with those guys every year when I was at the pro shop. Like every year, it was the latest and greatest bow, latest and greatest sight. You drop two grand, easy. Yeah. Every yeah. year on this brand new rig, and then you would go, okay, so that's that's about my budget. What's the cheapest arrow you have? Yeah. Huh? yeah. Wait yeah. a minute. What? Yeah. Like, let's skip a year. Yeah. And let's outfit this thing. Let's set something up. Yeah. 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 It's like they run into Starbucks to get the latest flavor of the day. You know, it's like, yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, no, you can't do that with Harris and Broadheads. So, yeah. Well, the other, another thing that uh, um, isn't in the 12 penetration factors is shot placement. And all the time, you know, uh, the, the number one retort for, uh, doesn't matter what broadhead you shoot. Doesn't matter what area you shoot. Put it in the right spot, and it's gonna it's gonna kill. Well, Wrong. Two, two 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 points to that. Yeah, first off, not true. Uh, and uh, the um, data. I, I don't know if you've gotten to listen to uh, um, any of our episodes yet, but we had an episode with a guy named Shane Simpson okay. uh, um, from the Cali Chronicles. He he has a a, a tracking dog. Okay. And and he keeps really good stats on yeah. on everything. And uh, one of the major stats that he brought up was uh, not only uh, um, did you have a higher success rate if you had a pass through, which is like, duh, uh, but I think it was 90 percent of the tracks that he went on were shots that did not that didn't encounter a shoulder they they hit vitals from like they entered somewhere around the ribs and they hit vitals and they still had a hard time recovering these animals and most of them was because of a, a lack of penetration and and it was uh uh just interesting to me that you know it was the the shot placement argument wasn't there because these were in fact like decently placed shots but because they were running light arrows big expandables not getting pass throughs, not creating two holes in the animal that shouldn't be there. They they had to get assistance in tracking these animals down. When you put two holes in an animal that's not supposed to be there, it's not going to live. Well, and that's exactly like on you know the testing that we did on those pigs. 
the one gentleman that was with us that did not have our type of setup. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a friend of one of the guys that was with and was running, uh, you know, pretty industry standard whitetail setup, uh, yep. three blade rage, like low 400 grain. And I mean, the guy is a phenomenal shot. He, he has a good understanding of the limitations of his setup yep. and was understandably a little nervous when he saw how big some of these pigs that we were testing yeah. on was. Yeah, they're over two and a half bills. And like, I mean, he pinwheeled this pig. It, it was a like picture perfect shot. Yeah. Should have like directly in line with the heart. Like if it just would have penetrated, it would have been perfect. Yeah. It got like four, maybe five inches, which on a near 300 pound pig means that it's like tickling the one rib or the one lung. I mean, right. And like, it was just a perfect example of, I mean, you could not have done anything better from your, you know, your personal control side. Yeah. That was, everything was perfect. The shot was good. The animal position was good. Like he took the precautions and it it didn't work yeah like that in and of itself completely invalidates the shot placement argument like yeah 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 you have yeah. to and, you know prepare for it yeah we've got that I'm, we've got that same situation on a whitetail i mean it was uh we've got it on video and it's in our seminar uh shooting the two, three blade rage. And uh, I mean, it was a picture perfect textbook, slightly quartering away, hit the rib and just minimal penetration. Never found the deer, put three dogs on it, never found it. And this was a thousand acre high fence ranch. Hmm. Yeah. So deer lived. Yeah. Yeah. It was getting away from him. And the second point to that is, uh, you know, first point, you can have perfect shot placement and still not get a ton of penetration with the poorly set up arrow. But the second point is I'm still waiting on somebody to show me how to like mind control animals so that when I (laughs) shoot and the arrow is no longer in my bow, they don't move because that hasn't happened yet. I'm still trying to figure it out. Uh, But uh, on the, on the off chance that we can't figure it out, maybe we should prepare for, uh, you know, well, one, you can quiet your bow down by shooting a heavier arrow, but maybe we should prepare for like shots that don't go perfectly. Yeah. And, you know, animals turn, put their shoulders into it, or they'll turn. I've seen deer do a, a complete 90 degree turn where they'll shoot it broadside. And by the time the arrow gets there, they hit full frontal on the yeah. freaking deer mm-hmm. or the other way. They'll end up being Texas heart shot. Yeah. And if you don't have, if you don't have the ass behind that arrow, it ain't, it ain't going, yeah. it's not going to happen. No, no, it's not. Yeah. I mean, uh, every video I've ever seen, every video, every animal that you watch, I mean, you watch TV, you watch the the shot and before that arrow gets there, that animal is moving. It is reacting to yep. the noise of that bow, the sound of that arrow whistling through the air or something, something unnatural is happening and it's knowing it's reacting to that sound and, and uh and that's something i always drive through these people oh i want my light and fast air it'll get there yada yada well i'm sorry but speed of sound is 11 1200 feet per second is your arrow faster than that and if it's not then you need to use something that will penetrate when it gets there exactly 
or just not let the animal know you're there and shoot something stupid quiet with yeah. a really heavy arrow. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> Longbow. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Long, long bow with, uh, well, what did, uh, you know, I mean, talking about, you know, guys that are getting, uh, killing big game with, uh, with traditional equipment, uh, our buddy Tom Jorgensen just went to Australia and shot an Asiatic, yep. uh, one shot kill with a trad bow with a long bow. It, yeah. it was heavier. It was, I want to say I mean, it was like, it was close to 80 pounds. Yeah. But, he, he runs heavy long bows. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, he also, he, brought the bacon he he brought a uh 1200 or just over a thousand grain arrow okay like like that's what you need when you go and you hunt these kind of animals you you need something uh stout and i think you think he was running a tough head on the front you know yeah, three to one so, yeah. uh a good, good good uh mechanical advantage so yeah uh if you if you had shown up there with uh, you know uh, uh and i've heard i've heard i had i'd i'd listened to ph's uh in uh at dsc like literally say like we had guys show up with arrows that like we just told them this isn't like this isn't happening you're we have some arrows here that you can use uh but you can't you can't shoot those yeah. <laughs> because it's not it's not going to work and and you're going to get one of our phs killed yeah. uh because um, yeah. you're just going to piss this thing off yeah yeah and I, i've seen phs that have piles of arrows for people that show up like that and uh, yep. mm -hmm. and, and the guys that i've hunted with i mean they're basically what do you want to hunt and if you want to hunt something like that what are you bringing they're yeah. they're, they're very specific what arrows what yeah. what's your overall weight what's what broadheads and uh, they're they're grilling you on questions and then you know last time i went over i basically i did cape buffalo for the second time and uh the same thing here's what i'm using they're like okay you're good and uh so, uh, but yeah, a lot of them are getting that way because they understand the program. They, they don't want, yeah. They, I mean, you start hunting mm -hmm. stuff like that, you can get killed. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. It, it's, it's not a game when you're dealing with animals like that. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's, uh, that's multiple lives at stake when you've, when you've got, yeah. almost like that. Speaking of kind of off topic. Did you guys see the video today of the bison that flipped that girl up in Yellowstone? Jeez. Oh, yeah. Yes, I um, did. I saw man. that on the news. Bunch of the girls passed. okay. Yeah, I I, I've heard she I've I've heard she's fine, but I'm pretty sure the people that were running away when it started charging were her parents. Yes. <laughs> like, I believe so. I, I thought of that when I saw the video. I was like, were those her parents running away? I was like, just leaving the girl. Just, I was like, what kind of dad is that? Yeah. You know? Fend for yourself, sweetie. Yeah. God. God. <laughs> well, and that's, I mean, that's no different than, I mean, every year there's videos that come up of people trying to get close and take pictures with wild animals. And people, I guess, not necessarily hunters because normally we're out there and we understand what these animals are doing and what they're capable of. But like so many people have just lost touch with what animals actually are. They're yeah. not these little sweet and cuddly things that you go snuggle with. No. Like they're, they're wild animals. Like I don't care if that little raccoon looks all cute. He yeah. will rip you to pieces if given the chance. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. People, you're right. People have lost touch with reality and what all that is. So, and, uh, but yeah, prime example today. I mean, looking at that video. So. Yeah. 
correct. Yeah. No, no so, kidding. I'm just I'm glad to hear the girls are all right. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's the most important thing. But man, I mean, I mean, even I feel like even hunters lose touch with that sometimes too. Yeah. Like yeah. they they don't they don't realize. Like I mean, you, you know, you've seen the videos of you know the deer like up and you know batting at the guy that's trying to run away, and and you see the it seems like every year you see some idiot that there there'll be a. a deer um walking around a neighborhood or something like that and the kids will go out and like be playing with it and mom and dad are taking a video it's like i i, I wouldn't do that that's <laughs> that's still that's a 200 pound mule deer that will wreck your child if they want to yeah. right? like with a lot of headgear on there i wouldn't mm-hmm. uh, i wouldn't be tangoing with that but that's that's just me i i suppose um Oh, I don't, uh, maybe well, you've, you've covered a lot with that, with the Ashby yeah. foundation, Rob, do you have any, do you have a question? I guess a couple uh, of things. Um, I guess outside of like, you'd mentioned, uh, the Texas parks and wildlife, you mentioned SCI DSC, um, yeah. anything outside of the U S that you guys are, are working with? Yes. Uh, I don't want to elaborate yet but we are talking with two countries right now to help them with archery. So, uh, so yes, we are working outside the U S as well. Uh, Nice. And so, so we'll see where that goes and I'll definitely keep y'all posted on, on these discussions as they progress. And if they come to fruition, then uh, it will be for the betterment of archery and bow hunters in those countries as well. Perfect. Yeah. So you're kind of doing a similar thing with them that you're doing with uh, Texas Parks and Wildlife? Correct. Yes. They are, they are basically, they've asked us, do you have non-marketing information, scientific data to help us? And I'm like, yes, we do. Mm-hmm. And not only do we have the research, but we've got, we've got docs, 30 years of research, but we've got another 15 years of data collected utilizing his research. Mm-hmm. And uh, so... So yes, they are. They were very interested in our, what we what we have, and uh, so can uh, um, can you elaborate? And if you can't, that's fine because I know this. It's kind of it's held somewhat close to the chest. Can you elaborate how many points of data that you harvest on every shot? One hundred eighteen. Oh, that's all. Yeah, <laughs> just a couple. Okay. You know, just a few. Yes. So that's, uh, I, I mean, I don't know. I, maybe it's because I'm an analytical thinker and I'm scientifically driven. I want, I want data and I work in data. Yep. Uh, but uh, you know, I, it just blows my mind when people are like, ah, just strap on a broadhead and go hunt. Like um, I couldn't tell you the first thing about any, like any of the results other than the animal died. And, and I, I just soak that stuff up. So uh, yeah. that's uh, I mean, if you if you told me to come up with 118 points of data per shot, like I I'm I'm positive I wouldn't be able to come up with 118 points. So <laughs> yeah. uh, the the fact that you'd, you'd be uh, surprised how well, quickly they, they, they flow. Doc, Doc came up with those 118, not yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll clarify that real quick. Doc came up yeah. with that. So, yeah. I'm not a uh, I'm not I'm not surprised. He's a uh, He's a smart, oh, smart team. Uh, the man, that man's forgotten more about archery than I will ever know. Okay. Oh yeah. And, yeah. and, and another thing about incredible. doc and, and people don't really understand it. They're like, uh, Oh, well 
they look at what we write about about 27 years or 30 years of research. Uh, you know, when you're sitting there talking to doc and what people don't understand is that 27 years, that is a true 20. That is a true year. That is not a few months of a hunting season. That's right. Yeah, that's 300 out of 365 days a year that they were out culling, shooting, testing, doing all of this. So right. it is a full, you know, full year of uh, research. Yeah. So uh, it's not just a hunting season as we think about a two, three month right. period of time. Yep. So it, it, yeah. it's year round. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I've got some some friends in Hawaii where, you know, when you ask me, Matt, how long have you been bow hunting? Oh, about, about 10 years. And really, like, collectively, if you put that into days, that would be a much more humbling number than saying 10 years. Uh, where, you know, I've got uh, buddies like Clifford in Hawaii yeah. where when he's like, yeah, I've been bow hunting for 15 years and they legitimately hunt year round for all sorts of game because it's all uh feral stuff that they all need and needs killed off so i'm like oh yeah like if he has actually been bow hunting for 15 years yeah. <laughs> or whatever it is because it's it's non-stop there and in places like australia there's so many uh, uh pest species that yeah. that just like they literally i mean well, what, what are they talking about now they're drop they're talking about dropping like poisonous cat food to like yeah. try and Control try and cats. kill all the cats yeah because yeah, i mean but i mean and that's just one example there's so many species there that have been introduced that, that are just wrecking stuff. So yeah. it was a, uh, uh, you know, a good time to be in Australia if you're a hunter and yeah. lots of, lots <laughs> yeah. of stuff to yeah. shoot. And I guess we're, I'm lucky to be here in Texas where we've got it's exotics and hunt. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. If only so it wasn't in, a 24 hour drive for me. Oh, man. <laughs> did, did that once. Only a three hour flight, Rob. It's only yeah, hours. I know. Yeah. That's Air Force, Air Force, thirty minutes from my house, so I can pick you up. <laughs> well, there we go. Um, uh, one other uh, thing you, that oh, go ahead, go Matt. For it. No, I was just going to say, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but in the twenty-seven to thirty years of studying that, um, uh, uh, studying research that Doctor Ashby did, uh, there was not a single piece of equipment that he did not buy himself he correct bought, he bought it all no funding from anyone no industry funding or anything and that's yep. why we are continuing that with the foundation no industry funding of any sort will be accepted and all of this information is going to be disseminated free of cost to everybody yep. The, yep. well and that's the same reason why anything that has ever ended up with his name on it or you know anything that referenced him has to clearly state that he's not being compensated for it yeah right you know yeah. that like that's he doesn't want to tarnish his life's work yeah by you know 30 years after the fact oh well he got paid for this yeah. and you know throw throw it all out the window Oh yeah. Yeah. And the same thing like the, the Ashby head, he does not get paid for that. Exactly. So, um, question, Rob? I guess the one other thing that I want to touch on is I know, uh, you referenced that, uh, the last uh, 15 or so years, you guys have been uh, continuing to collect data. Um, I believe that you guys were the ones that put out the recent, uh, 12 factors update. Update. for 2019 yeah, the update 2019 uh, update. Yeah. Yep. yes sir yes sir um, i was 
I read it before it was released. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I guess my question is, uh, outside of the uh, like data that's being collected by you know numerous individuals, is there still like uh, call data, uh, like doc style research yeah. being yeah. done? Yeah, we, we still have docs data and yes. we're going to basically yeah. put that into a database by itself. And what we want to do with that data is take that and hand it to, say, a university and say, OK, mm -hmm. confirm this, reconfirm this. And, and, right. and if what, what do we need to do to reconfirm this? And then also utilizing those same data points, but start a separate database. Yes. And restart. And we've already, you know, we've discussed uh, with several ranches. Uh, we're in discussion, you know, Australia, South Africa. Uh, we, I want to find some here. I don't think it's going to be that hard to find something in Texas. But once we get to the web page up and running is to uh, start restart the calls. And because uh, yeah. there's ranches that go out and they do the calls and like, OK, go drop it with a gun. But we want to be there right behind when you drop it with a gun to prop it up and run arrows in it and start collecting this data exactly. and do it. OK, we're going to record it, uh, the data just via voice and then go back and type it in versus trying to type it in out in the field as, mm -hmm. as we can get more yeah, right. just, more data in the same time frame. Yeah. And that's uh, so we are going to start that. And that's, you know, about absence right behind bow hunting and shooting it with a bow, you know, the coal is about as close as we can get to real hunting situations right. as yeah. possible. And, uh, you know, and then, you know, yeah, everybody runs around and shoots the plywoods, the bricks and the yeah. rocks and all that crap. But I'm sorry, I don't throw that on my barbecue. So that doesn't taste too good. <laughs> yeah. The uh, next so, Home Depot hunting season, yeah, I'll be uh, sure to use uh, those yeah. broadheads. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I could, I always laugh when I see these, uh, I'm shooting a cinder block with this broadhead and, and, uh, okay, well, suit yourself. I mean, everything can break and bend and then we do our own destructive testing as well. And we're going to implement that into it as far as yep. like deflection test. And, yep. and I've had some deflection tests. I mean, I do it all the time anyway, just to test the structural integrity of everything I'm shooting. Uh, right. but uh, it's basically a simple test. I just take an angle iron and set it up in front of my target. And then I shoot that angle iron to deflect it off to the side. And, uh, and I've actually had, uh, one guy and it's in my seminar. Uh, he came out with this great design and he thought it was the best thing since sliced bread. And his, he had good intentions. I just, I want to stop wounding animals. And I was like, well, I was like, you have no structural integrity in this system here. And I was like, I, I was like, I haven't tested it yet, but I am going to buy it. And I did buy it. I've tested it and not, it did not even penetrate my target, but it blew into like 16 different pieces and mm -hmm. parts were behind me. I was back at 20 yards and I found the actual broadhead. It bounced off my block target and was behind me. And I was, I knew it was going to come apart. I just didn't know how bad it was going to come apart, <laughs> but, but I took, I, I put it, I, I found all the parts. I took a picture of it and I sent it to him and I've never heard back from the guy. So oh. uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so go build something better. Stop. And, and then he, he did ask me, he's like, 
well, I'd like to talk to Doc Ashby about uh, what I'm building here and get his recommendations. And I, and he did not like my answer there. I was like, Doc's recommendation is going to be don't build this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah it, it's pretty cut and dry on, on, on that one. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and I mean, the 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 thing is, like, it's not to I mean, to bring up the historical argument, like, I mean, if you when you look at arrowheads, uh, you know, um, um, arrowheads for, you know, the last couple thousand years, I guess, yeah. uh, you know, they were a lot of them were even they had a single bevel grind on them because yeah. people knew it worked better. A lot of them are stupid heavy, uh, even tribes that are still uh, hunting like the Maasai tribe, like they're they're shooting, uh, I mean, broadheads that are uh, ounces, not grains. They're measuring ounces because they're so damn heavy. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, there's still a lot of, uh, uh, I mean, in these ancient ways, like, I mean, they got a ride a long time ago yeah. and it's because they quite literally relied on it. Yeah. Well, and that's where like all these people that I had it happen today, someone was asking a question about you know, a, and it wasn't even like a super high front of center setup. It was probably like mid to high teens. Um, yeah. And he was having, which some... isn't bad by the way. No, a lot of, pe- a lot of people get hung up. They're like, well, if I don't hit 19%, I'm like, man, like that, that's like with the current science that we have. Yes. That's, that's what we, we know is the quote unquote threshold at that point. But like, don't think that there's no improvement between like eight percent and eighteen percent. You're well, you're get, you're getting even, there. There is improvement, even if that improvement is primarily structural yep. or efficiencies. You know, yep. utilizing a more efficient head, whatever the case is. But what I was going to get at is, this gentleman was having some flight problems, and a handful of people immediately were on there and going, "Don't you know? Pay attention to this FOC fad, like just." go out and shoot and it's like you realize that this is not a fad like this is history like yeah granted even you know like our grandfathers and great-grandfathers didn't know the numbers you know they, they weren't measuring front of center necessarily right. they weren't paying attention to exactly how heavy their arrows were but the materials and what they were using led to heavier arrows and mm-hmm. higher front of centers and yep. all these things that worked. Yes. It, the numbers didn't matter. It worked and the other stuff didn't. Yeah. And like to your point, Matt, like when you go back to, you know, the, you know, pre-civilization times, or, you know, non-cultured tribes of today. Yeah. That is sustenance. That is their livelihood. And it doesn't matter what the numbers are. They know that this worked for their their great-grandfather and their grandfather and their father, and they're using it because they know that it works and it puts food on the table. Yep. Yes. Also, I would would like to uh, issue a redaction. That wasn't the Maasai tribe. It was the tribe in Papua New Guinea. Papua New Guinea was what I thought you were talking about. I apologize. Yeah, Yeah. it was Papua New Guinea, not not the Maasai tribe. Yeah, I know Doc has uh, talked to me about that Papua New Guinea tribe. Yeah, yeah. yeah, That that paper is amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, Yeah, that's one of the more interesting ones I've read from him for sure. Yeah. But I definitely, I'm, I'm glad to hear that you guys are uh, continuing to push 
you know, forward with, with new testing, um, you know, because a lot of the pushback that we get is, oh, well, that's all old data. It's, it was old bows and, and it, you know, it's not accounting for the technological advances that have been made in carbons and in, in broadhead materials and whatever. Yeah. That, and that's, uh, well, that's why the 2019 release is sitting there for it's like, yeah, uh, we've yeah, been exactly. collecting. Exactly. Uh, we just haven't been putting out any, uh, doc hasn't been putting out any more research paper, yeah. but data has been getting collected for the past 15 years. Yep. Since those research paper stops. So you got docs, 30 years of research, another 15 years of data, which kicked off the 2019 update. Yep, exactly. Which by the way, did not change any of the 12 factors. Right. Uh, but basically the 15 years of data absolutely strongly validates docs research. Yep. It, it solidified what was already thought. Yes. Yes. And, so, and I definitely, uh, I cannot wait until uh, the data that you guys are working with is evaluated by uh, some colleges, you know, some uh, actual scholars. Yeah. Just in the fact of like, I deal a lot with like data trending and, you know, evaluating numbers. Yes. And that's one where you can start laying it all out and, and go, okay, you know, this is all matching up this is all training this way but you know this data might be lacking you know yeah. we need to look here to to solid up this portion yeah and then and then you go okay yeah like let's let's make sure that that we're accounting for that and keep forging forward and you know that continual improvement mindset yes and yeah. that's it's just exciting for me because yeah. i guess i've been following along with this stuff and teaching it and dealing with Jake and Todd and all these guys for years. And yeah. it, it's awesome, you know, seeing that we're continuing, you know, the work that doc started. Yes. And uh, yeah. And not only are we going to give it to the university, we've been talking to the veterinarian schools. Uh, Perfect. Yeah. yeah. I mean, business, who knows better about animals than the veterinarians. Mm -hmm. and, uh, okay. You know, yeah, guys, y'all are on the right path. So this this works. This is going to kill the animals quickly. Your this this data is validated by stamp from X veterinarian school, whatever university. Mm -hmm. Right. That's so, awesome. Yeah, excited about that. Well, yeah. by the time this uh, episode launches, you will have a shiny new website available. Yeah. Is that right? Yes, sir. And uh, so. we should launch this website probably within a week. Um, I've given select people, y'all included, a preview mm -hmm. of it. Uh, we're, we're still tweaking, getting updates to it. but uh, It looks pretty good. <laughs> not going to lie. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Uh, it looks pretty good. Yeah, well, we got very lucky. Uh, a friend of mine has a web page. And I asked him, I was like, I like your webpage. It's nice, clean, precise, professionally done. And he's like, well, the guy that's doing it isn't a, a buddy of mine and he's a bow hunter. And uh, so I started talking to him and he's like, told him what we were doing. And he's like, absolutely. I'll be glad to help you guys get going on this thing. And that's uh, awesome. So, uh, but yes, it's, uh, it's ashbybowhunting.org is uh, going to be the website. So we should be going live. Uh, around August 1st. 
uh, yep. with this uh, I, think, I think this is going to be dropping August second, so okay. that will uh, that'll work out work out perfectly. Awesome. And if it uh, if it doesn't, then we'll push this back until it does. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, where and I, yeah, I, well, I do what I can. Um, I know you, you guys you guys are on social media. You're on Facebook and Instagram. Yes, um, the foundation uh, is. I'm not. Right, right. But um, Jake told me he's going to work on me on that. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, man, if I if I got to if I got to hunt all the time, I'd probably never be on social media. Oh, either. exactly. Be, be be out in the out in the out in the bush yeah. doing. Uh, yeah, I told Jake. Hunting. I told Jake and those guys. I say, y'all take care of all that social media and website stuff. I'm, I'm I'll deal with everything else. <laughs> yeah that's right that's right smart well, man smart yeah man. Well, we are uh uh we are definitely uh available to be another another mouthpiece for you another uh megaphone because uh you know like like we mentioned uh, that this uh, really this whole podcast started because of dr ashby's work okay. like i can a million percent say that 100%. this podcast never yeah. never would have happened if it hadn't been okay. for uh, well, the people that are involved yep. with the Ashby Foundation and specifically Dr. Ashby. Yep. So, and on our, I may have mentioned it to you in, our, in a previous conversation, but we are going to have on this site uh, links for like minded groups that think like we do. Perfect. Uh, so, uh, if y'all have your webpage uh, or however we need to link to your podcast, yeah, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to finish the website eventually. <laughs> and, uh, I, I, I may need to get in contact with your guy and just have him just whip out ours real quick. <laughs> and uh, so, but yeah, we're, we're, we're definitely going to do that. And it's going to not only be uh, like-minded people like Jeremy, you guys, uh, we are talking to the PHs in Africa, mm -hmm. yep. uh, outfits here in the U.S. that promote it, uh, that push it. Uh, and uh, basically, I mean, and that's our best form of, advertisement i mean these phs yeah do oh 100 yes. versus some promotional joe blow model you know promotional yeah. hunter uh yep. promoting a product I, I don't need that nobody needs that so yep uh but uh but yeah the uh the phs are the best best form i think oh 100 i'm putting in a uh a personal request from you to uh text cole kramer and get him on the show because I, uh, I, I want, uh, I want, I want Cole bad. I want to talk to him about all the grizzly bears that he gets to hunt. Okay. Or, or, or guide people on. Yeah. Because uh, I know. Well, I'm yeah. pretty sure. How many uh, doesn't Grizzly Stick have like several five of the five of the top ten in SEI record books yeah, right now? Something like that. Or, yeah. yeah. And like, and I've been I've been chastised because I've got uh, one of them and I haven't entered it. <laughs> get it together get it together oh man as soon as we stop recording you're gonna have to tell that story I, don't, uh, don't, don't think you uh don't get to talk to us about that we yeah. want to uh hang on is he hanging is he hanging up right there hang on yeah i've got him right here he's a nice little guy so my gracious oh jeez! So. oh my god yeah, so, yeah, yeah. he just oh. put his head inside the the skull mouth <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it's not even close. Like, yeah. Oh my! That Lord. is amazing. So yeah, yeah. It, these are uh, these are quite uh, impressive animals. Yeah, uh, and, man. And when they, you get within sure get. when you get within bow range of these things, it's just uh, it's uh, 
it, it's awesome. I mean, there's no, yeah. there's no other way to describe it. So, but yeah, yeah. I can only, I can only imagine. I've actually, no, I didn't hunt with Cole, but, uh, I, uh, I uh, hunted with some other guys and, uh, yeah, well there, there, there's a, there's a, uh, I've uh, flipping through bow hunting safari consultants page or a uh, uh, section on grizzly. There's, there's a, a lot of guys that if you don't, you don't bring the bacon on the broadhead, it's, it's not happening. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You so, got, you got to take the right head to do that. So, uh, yeah. you, you, that, that, this, when you've got that animal at 12 yards, you don't want broadhead or arrow failure. Period. Yeah. I mean, you're exactly, and it doesn't matter that that guy's sitting there with a 375 at that distance. I mean, it's yeah. uh, that's that animal can cover that 12, 20 yards in half a second. Yeah, so, yeah. Before and, uh, you have time to react. Yeah. Yes. That's that's a, that's a bound for a grizzly. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. So. Yeah, so, uh, know, so yeah, they. Uh, man, no joke. They're they're fun. They're I've been very lucky. Uh, I was very lucky to get this one. So. Uh, yeah. Very happy. Very happy guy. So. Yeah. Well, uh, that's uh, that's uh, I know you said a bunch of times you're you're a lucky bow hunter, and yeah. uh, I uh, I I commend you on your on your uh luck and your grace but uh you get lucky that many times i think there there might be something to it there uh, I'm, I'm just toss tossing that out there you're using the right head and arrow man that's it that, that's right it that's definitely helped doesn't it, it? yeah yeah it, it, sure it, it, does. it's made me a lot better that's for sure because uh yeah believe me i mean i i got to that point uh when i started having these arrows and broadhead failures i was like what the hell is going on here you know right I was like yeah this is bullshit. And, uh, and I got, I got really twisted off mad about it because I wasn't losing animals. Right. And, uh, I was like, okay, enough of this. And, uh, so, and y'all know, Here the, are. Yeah, y'all know the story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, and the Ashby foundation happened. Yeah. Uh, that's right. Yeah, well, we were, right. we were, I was just one of, uh, several sitting around at the, at the hunting shows when, uh, when this idea was hatched. So, well, that, that's hey. how this stuff starts is yeah. someone mentions it offhand that you know what at some point we should do this yeah and yeah. at some point someone makes it reality and yeah, yeah. it's amazing what can happen when yeah. uh when that happens yeah uh, not only the ashby bow hunting foundation was formed that way the ashby bow hunting award was formed that way uh all of it just sitting around chatting and then it just rolled into reality so mm-hmm. top 40 podcast lethal podcast was found that yeah. way it's crazy it's wild it's funny how that works isn't it <laughs> good stuff uh, well yeah well man rob i really appreciate you coming on and hanging oh, out man, uh, I, we I'm, are i'm honored i greatly appreciate y'all having me on really do. Well, i uh, i hope you become a uh, a frequent guest uh, uh because uh, there's uh I I know uh we, you know we've kind of talked offline about some of the stuff that's that's coming coming down the pipe and I'm really excited for uh everything that the Ashby Foundation and the people that are surrounding that foundation are doing as well. So uh yeah. man, I'm uh once just thanks for being here and thanks for thanks for doing what you're doing and thanks for uh uh being president yeah. even though you didn't want to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm actually enjoying it now. So that There you go. Good. There that's you good. Go. And, I, yeah. and I I read I did run that trap. I I quantified. I was like I, just, I wanted to make sure nobody else wanted to be president. <laughs> like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll I'll reluctantly do it, but I, I'll do it. So Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, enjoy enjoy yeah. the fruits of your labor. Yeah, keep up the good uh, work. 
Uh, yeah, y'all. absolutely. And you guys also appreciate everything you guys doing, getting the word out to everybody and doing the podcast and everything. So yeah, well, uh, we're, we're just all like on the same page. So yeah, yeah. We're, and anything we're, we, we can do for you guys, don't hesitate to holler. So. Oh man. Okay. Well, we appreciate famous it. last, famous last words. You're going to regret that. Oh, no, uh, well. I, I need, I need to go hunt nil guy. That's okay. what I need for this podcast. Come so. on. uh yeah so and you know and i mean and not to uh, belabor this anymore but you know i I toss out that number not to not to brag or gloat but to just show like and kind of what rob was talking about earlier like the the tide the tide is shifting the tide is changing a little bit and i'm not i'm certainly not saying that we are the reason for that but uh i i think that uh just the um, the results from what we're doing, uh, and, and going from quite literally three nobodies, uh, Garrett wasn't able to join us tonight, but three people who don't have a social media following at all to literally being within like a couple places of the, one of the largest podcasts uh, in the world. Uh, we were extremely humbled, uh, more or less, uh, by our listeners than anything and by people, uh, being willing to learn and listen and uh, and get the word out, so yeah. I'm uh, I'm yeah. I'm just happy. I'm happy we're all on the same team. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to be exactly. on, I don't want to be against you. <laughs> Likewise. <laughs> all right, we'll we'll let you get out of here. Uh, uh, don't hang up. I'm gonna press stop. But okay. uh, uh, we'll we'll let you get out of here. And uh, Rob, do we have anything else? I think that's it. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thanks again, guys. Appreciate everything. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, everyone that's uh, still listening, uh, uh, we've got, uh, I think, well, I think by the time we listen to this now, we'll have a couple of the, the shooting challenge stuff uh, posted. So go do that. Uh, win some broadheads and arrows. And uh, until next time, stay lethal and don't forget the olive oil. Mm-hmm.